0: Hey, friend, welcome to Brilliant Business Moms, a podcast all about helping brilliant women just like you to build a business on the side while spending time with their families. I'm your host, Beth Ann Schwamberger, and we're going to have a great time together. Let's get started. Today on the show, I'm so excited to welcome Beryl Young of Recapture Self. She's the founder of Recapture Self, and it's a community for deeply feeling, giving moms who are ready to reclaim their identity beyond story reader, snack maker, and boo-boo kisser, which I love. And one of the main things Beryl offers are photography classes, both in person and online, and she just has this fabulous community that helps moms capture those everyday moments and make creativity part of their lives. So welcome to the show, Beryl. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for our conversation. Me too. So Beryl, I'd love to start by hearing how you got started with photography and how this passion of yours turned into a business. Yeah, I love sharing this story because I never set out to start
1: a business. (laughs) This photography journey of mine was purely a passion project. And it's actually sort of a sad beginning to our story. And I hope it's okay if I share that piece of the journey because it's really important. But back in 2009, that's when I started blogging, I had gotten interested in photography through an online friend that I had met. I had no children. She had no children, but she started a project. It was called a 365 project, which a lot of beginner photographers do. You take a photo a day for an entire year. And I was like, well, let me try one of those. I really – like, it was really cool how she had this diary of her life and what was happening each day. It was like pictures of her cat and pictures of her commute to work and the sunset and just really interesting stuff. And I was like, I like this visual diary. So I – started this 365. It was March of 2009. And I did it for about three months and started to learn from a community of other 365ers on a website called Flickr and was really enjoying the process of doing that and falling in love with photography. And my husband and I While I'm doing this project, we're starting to do some family planning. And I was like, oh, I want really good pictures when we start to have kids. Our wedding photography was really important to me. And I started to research research newborn photographers and was shocked at the price tag, (laughs) which I totally value professional photographers now, but it was really like shell-shocked to see that. And I was like, well, I better learn how to take good pictures myself because I'm not going to be able to hire somebody like every time I want pictures taken. And about three months into my 365 project, I got pregnant. And my 365 project ended <laughs> shortly after because I was in the throes of morning sickness and not feeling good. I'm like, every single one of these pictures is going to be me, like, in bed. <laughs> so wow. I stopped the project. And my family had kind of seen that I had gotten this interest in photography. And they gifted me a camera. My first DSLR camera was from them as this Early baby present. When your baby arrives, you can take pictures. And the kind of tragic part is that when I was 20 weeks pregnant, we found out our daughter was really sick and we lost our first daughter at 20 weeks. And that was hands down the worst thing I think I've ever experienced in my life losing a child. And I put down my camera for a really long time, but losing our daughter, her name was Bella. It inspired me to pick up my camera again and photograph through the grief and the loss process. And the camera became this important tool in my healing journey. And so I started a blog to kind of express my feelings because I didn't know how else to express them except for through pictures and a few words and shockingly I shared like I think one of my posts on Facebook and people started reading (laughs) and Mm -hmm. so that was how the photography journey actually started and it went on to I think three months into blogging somebody was like can you take pictures of my family for our holiday card I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> and the business just naturally grew out of that.
0: I uh, well I mean I I don't love the the sad side of your story barrel that's that's so difficult and I'm so sorry that that happened. but I have to say I I think the best businesses are kind of the ones where it's like you get called into it, Mm -hmm. you know, and not necessarily that you decided, like, let me start this thing. So I love that natural progression where people started seeking you out, you know? They I'm sure loved your perspective and your heart and yeah, wanted you to take those photos even if you didn't feel ready <laughs> to do that. Yeah, I think the other important thing to mention
1: for your audience especially too is that sometimes the first business isn't the right business either because I started mm-hmm. to get called for photo sessions, which is what I did for about a year. <laughs> but I always felt, you know, I went through a couple workshops to Really beef up my, the technical side of my photography. And that was when I really started to notice that there was nothing out there for parents, which leads to kind of where we're going with my whole journey here. But there's nothing out there for parents, but I started to beef up my photo skills. But every photo shoot that I go on, whether it be like a newborn shoot or a family shoot or whatever somebody had called me up and asked me to do, I always felt nervous and uncomfortable. And I think nerves come with the building a business territory, but there was something inside me that was like, "Eh, maybe this isn't the right Thing for me to be doing,
0: <laughs> yeah, which
1: led to me kind of expanding into teaching instead,
0: which is really where my passion is. Awesome. So I I want to hear more about that um, because you started teaching in person first, right? I did. So uh,
1: during this entire time, I, in my previous life, I was uh, an elementary school teacher. So I taught kindergarten. I taught first grade. And then um, for seven years, I taught technology, which is really interesting. I loved my job being a technology teacher because I got to work with kids and I got to work with teachers and I trained them in tech tools. And, you know, I like to think of business for us moms being this place where our skill set and our passions kind of collide. And I had that aha moment after we we went on to have a healthy baby. I have a almost seven year old daughter now. And once she was born, I was like, maybe I don't want to be out taking pictures for everybody else anymore. I just want to take pictures of her because she's cute. (laughs) Amazing. And I was like, well, I'm a teacher. I finally feel a little bit comfortable with my technical settings and there's no classes for parents. Maybe I can teach a workshop. And it was during my maternity leave, actually, that I developed this class. I kind of wrote down all the notes. And then I had to do the work of, you know, the hard work of actually promoting it and getting people to take it. And I was amazed. I partnered up with a local moms group she like runs a website with calendar events of events for moms in our local community. And I was like, hey, can you advertise for me? And this is back in the days where Facebook didn't have advertising. (laughs) So it was a lot easier to get your message out with social media. But she shared the class for me. I paid her to do some advertising. And in the first hour that that class went up, I think I had 12 registrations in my first class.
0: Wow. That's amazing for an in-person class. That's Wow.
1: Yeah. And so I was like, oh, maybe I'm onto something here.
0: <laughs> and the
1: rest is history. I teach the local class about quarterly and then went on to kind of build this suite of online classes as well. Momtography is one of them. And then I have several others, too.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I have to say really quick, when you mentioned that you developed the content of your class during maternity leave, I was thinking to myself, oh my goodness, I completely relate because there is something about like when you're on maternity leave and you're not maybe necessarily doing that much, but there's a lot of time where you're like feeding your baby or just like holding your baby and and your brain is just turning with so many ideas. Like I have come up with more project ideas and product ideas now than I have in like five years <laughs>
1: it's a blessing and a curse right <laughs>
0: yeah exactly <laughs> it, is. It, it really is but yeah that's that's really cool that maternity leave sparked that new that new idea for your business okay so you started doing the in-person classes and they were going well and then tell me more about this transition to deciding to teach your class online as well that was not as easy.
1: So my very first online class is actually, it's offered for free on my website now for any moms that have experienced pregnancy loss. And I developed a four-week class that's to help moms heal. And so I had already kind of pushed that out into the world and it was doing all right and helping a lot of women. And so that course creation process, I kind of had that under my belt already. But momtography felt like a completely different animal because my baby last last class, which is called Illuminate, was very heart-centered and feeling and there was a lot of journaling. So it was a lot of just sort of getting that touchy-feely stuff out. But momtography had so many technical details to it that I was like, oh my gosh, how do I transition something where I can like stand next to somebody and really show them (laughs) what's on their camera into something where I'm really empowering them to find those resources and do it on their own while also giving them the correct instruction. It was definitely – it took me two years to go from, okay, I can teach this locally to now I'm ready to create this as an online offering. And I think being a teacher, like one of my favorite things about being a teacher before this was really breaking down something that was complicated into its like easiest parts. So the actual actual content piece – I found was the easy piece. The hardest part was finding the time while I was was still working a full time job to write the content. And then, you know, I have the technology training, but it was figuring out what are the right tech tools to actually put it out into the world. And then alongside that, how do I market it and start to share it with people? Those were the bigger questions as I was creating the online version for what I was going to do next with it.
0: Oh, yeah. The tech tools and the marketing. Definitely agree with that. So I'm curious, what did you ultimately decide in terms of, you know, where your course is hosted and any of those like you can't live without tech tools? What have have you discovered there? It's so funny because I
1: seem to scrap together (laughs) tech tools that maybe like the rest of the business community isn't using. And I tend to be like, less is more. That's on my photography journey and on my business journey. I luckily have a web designer who does my website for me and I have her on retainer. So she's a constant part of my team. And so she was able to really design me a framework for a course site. And then there's a plugin called Wishlist Member. It's been around for a while. And that, you know, it does a lot of different things. All of my classes are live run. So, you know, Wishlist Member delivers the passwords so that my website is password protected. But the actual delivery of the course is run through my email service, which is ConvertKit. So we've just sort of scrapped together a bunch of stuff and... Nothing is super automated for it. There's a couple things that are automated. But since my course is live run, we have a little bit of buffer time between like when our cart closes and when the class starts. So there's actually somebody behind the scenes that is pushing like the start sequence button on the emails that we're sending out.
0: Okay, gotcha. Well, I think that's actually really encouraging though to, you know, a mom out there who's got a fabulous skill to teach, but she feels overwhelmed and maybe can't afford even some of the, there's some, you know, really fancy slash complicated platforms out there. But yeah, you can have a website, you can use a plugin and you can use email <laughs> to deliver lessons. So I love that. I love Less is more.
1: I agree. And my first online class that I taught, when I first taught Illuminate, I just made password-protected pages on my blog. And, you know, I just sort of put trust in my clients and my students that they were going to hold that password in confidence. And I went with that because at the time, my classes, I was maybe supporting six to 10 people. And I was like, well, I can teach it this way and test it out before I go bigger with it and need all the fancy equipment to run it.
0: Yeah, that's really smart also because again, then you're not investing all of this money up front and time to learn a new tech tool. You're going with the minimum viable product and seeing is this is this a product that resonates with people? Is it, you know, something I'm going to keep Doing long term, so Mm -hmm. super smart. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) you're like yes. I know, I know. I love it. So, Beryl, I'd love to hear from you, especially with your less is more mentality. How do you market, particularly your momtography course? So, uh, I this is this is like at the heart of what I do because.
1: My first mammography launch, I was so nervous because at the time I was still working full time, but I had basically told my job that I was going to quit at the end of the school year. And my very first online course launch for Montography was running in the month between when I, <laughs> when when the school year was going to end and my like entrepreneurial journey full time was going to begin. And so it was a very nerve wracking launch process. And I was like, oh gosh, I have to put all the marketing like tools that I know about in practice. This has to work so that I can actually quit my job and be able to do this. And I come back to the word connection a lot when it comes to marketing and really knowing who your product is meant for and where you can connect in different ways. So I found that I was connecting with a lot of parenting bloggers because momtography is a class that's simplified for parents. It's not a training program for professional photographers. And so I did a lot of guest blogging and partnerships and joint webinars and joint classes and free classes. And it was all about connecting myself with the right influencers and with the right people for the course. And that launch, that first launch ended up going well. And so it was it was good, but it was a lot of work, too. It was a lot of writing and connecting and focusing on who that person is.
0: Gotcha. Oh, and that is so important just getting that message right like you said and knowing who that I mean, I call them your ideal customer, but you know, just that person that's really going to love your product. And when you get that messaging right. And of course, yes, you, you've got to reach out. You've got to go to where those people are. But I, I do find that a lot of business owners really haven't stopped to consider who their ideal customer is. Mm-hmm. And and how they can speak in a way that resonates with them and draws them in.
1: And it was interesting cuz you know, I connected with you Beth in the last year and we did a joint webinar together which was so much fun, but it was a really interesting lesson and just like, oh, maybe, you know, business owners, it's not the most focused class for them cuz there just there weren't a whole lot of sales off that webinar. Yeah, it was it was an experiment. And I love our collaboration. And I love supporting business owners now in what I'm doing. And, you know, I feel like, with you and I, like we planned out that webinar really, really well, I thought the delivery was awesome. But it was a huge lesson and experiment and like, oh, well, maybe this wasn't the ideal customer base for this specific class.
0: Right. And I have to say too, Beryl, because at the time, and maybe it's more because I felt like I was your idol customer, but maybe my audience wasn't because I was very much in just mom mode and getting ready for a new baby (laughs) to be born. And so to me, I was like, oh, this class is going to be perfect. But and I kind of had that assumption of, oh, well, like my audience is chock full of moms. It's chock full of moms. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be great. They're all going to want to Uh, stop and be a little more creative and and they all want to capture great photos of their kids and that may be true like that may be a desire at the heart of each mom but in terms of like where their time and their energy goes Yes. I think we realized that my audience is like, nope, like we are here to only like build a business and yep. if it's not, yeah, it's like, if it's not directly tied to, you know, how am I going to build my business? They're kind of like, yeah, we don't, we don't care. Yeah. And <laughs> yes, and I also, I was like, I I was bummed and um, <laughs> yeah, and I felt really bad too because I felt like you did a great job and I'm not used to like uh, hosting a JB webinar and not helping that person I host with to get lots and lots of sales. (laughs) So it was, yeah, it was a learning experience for me.
1: Yeah. And I think it's just important to share that like not everything's going to be this huge win and you're going to have to have those like experiments and seeing where things stick and where maybe they don't and what what's going to work out. I also just wanted to mention because I did do a lot of like connecting in the beginning and finding business owners, but I've also found a lot of success with this particular class with Facebook ads now too. And I know you teach a lot about Facebook ads and how valuable they can be. And that's been something that I've experimented with in the last year, but it's definitely something you've just set aside
0: a budget for as well. Okay, awesome. So are you using Facebook ads to like get a new email subscriber who's targeted, who's then interested in your your course? Great question. Yeah. So the momtography course that's online kicks off with a free
1: one-week experience. So we all go through a class together. So I use the Facebook ad to draw in emails to get them to sign up for that free one-week class, which then kicks off into a promotion of the
0: six-week paid live run class. That is a really great idea, Beryl, because you're giving them essentially a sample of what they're going to get in the full course. And so it's such an obvious choice if they love the free class and especially too, if they love the free class and they're getting a quick win from it as well, they're like, yeah, I want to keep going. I want to learn more. So, oh, I love that. And one more question related to that. Are you, in terms of Pitching your full course, do you pretty much just do that via your emails that you send out, or are there other ways you're kind of letting people know, hey, the course is here, it's ready, come purchase?
1: Great question. I'm thinking about it for a second because it's you know, I experiment with different things for each launch, but primarily yeah. it's people from that free class experience, and the free class experience includes. Like a week of emails, they get PDF guides as part of the free experience. and I do a webinar towards the end of the free week. And that webinar, I would say, will kind of kind of kicks off the early bird launch of the class. And so there is that urgency piece of they're going to save a hundred dollars if they register early but most of it is email i've done a couple of like facebook lives you know my social media presence isn't huge and i find that most of my people are are listening to my emails and are introverted and need that kind of like email
0: handholding <laughs> to sign up gotcha gotcha well that's i think that's awesome and i think it's really encouraging too that you know well I mean, I agree. Email is super powerful. I mean, even with doing webinars, I I mean, I see the most sales when I'm just reminding people via email, like, hey, this is, you know, the doors are closing or I've got a great bonus for you or whatever the case is. But yeah, email is, it's awesome.
1: Yeah, and I also find marketing to parents especially – like my my live webinar attendance is never huge. A lot Mm -hmm. of my audience will catch a recording after it's done. They're not necessarily there live. So Mm -hmm. to try and make my big launch process – oh, let me see how many sales I can get on this live webinar – that doesn't always work out for me. They usually need a couple of days to have watched the video and gotten all the pieces of that free class and then be reminded over email that, wait, the paid class is still waiting for you.
0: Gotcha. So Beryl, I know that lately you were just telling me about your newest business venture, which sounds amazing. It's You're really taking things full circle and like you said, kind of marrying your Passions and your skills, and bringing that together. So, I'd love to hear about your latest business venture. Yeah, this is like my
1: first opportunity to kind of share this on a bigger platform, too, which is super exciting. (laughs) So, I decided in the last year that I, you know, I've been asked a lot to come teach momtography in different places. Do you teach a class in California? Do you teach a class in Texas? Do you teach a class? I used to say, well, if you can find me six people, I'm totally willing to come travel. And I usually would upcharge to kind of cover my travel expenses. And I've gone to a couple of different cities to teach the class. Out. I'm in the Washington, D.C. area. So most of my classes are based in northern Virginia But I ventured outside of that a little bit, but being a mom and now being a mom to a school age child, it's a lot harder for me to travel regularly. It's just not something that's in my value structure and something that I want to do regularly. So I've been thinking through how I can expand montography, but also stick to my values of how often I want to be teaching the online version or teaching the in-person version. And it's, it's funny because some people do not want an online class at all. They want to have to come to an in-person experience to learn. It's just funny how some people are one way or the other. And so I was like, well, how can I do this? And in the last couple of years, I've started to explore some creative coaching and mentoring. So I've done some one-on-one coaching with like creative business owners in my local community and online. So, well, how can I blend those two things together? Because I really love the one-on-one coaching that I've been doing. And so I was like, I bet I have some alumni students that would be willing to teach the class in their local communities. And so I have four women that are alums of the online version of the class. And they are currently going through a three-month training program for me to be able to teach the local version of the class, in their communities. And so we have one in California, one woman in Ohio, another in Florida, and another in Oklahoma. And so sometime this fall, we're all going to be teaching our respective monography classes in our local areas.
0: That is so exciting. And when you mentioned all the places where they're living and they're going to be teaching, it's like you're going to be covering the whole country pretty soon. Yeah, I you know.
1: I was so excited. I was like, oh, wow, this is really like worldwide, not worldwide yet, but,
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's nationwide for sure. That is so exciting. Yeah. And I, ah, oh, yeah, I, I think that's an amazing idea, Beryl, where you're just, you're taking your strengths and, turning it into a brand new product that serves a need that your customers were already saying, you know, we want this, we want this. And you're like, how can I, how can I make this work? And I don't know. I just think this is an ingenious idea.
1: It's gonna be a lot of fun. And these four ladies are kind of what I'm calling my beta testers for right now. Cause this was something that I've been pondering since the beginning of 2017. And with a little push, I have a business coach. And so from a little nudge from her, she was like, I think you could do this this summer. I'm like, all right, I'll try it. <laughs> and I was amazed <laughs> that people were interested, but I'll probably do a more formal launch and release too. Cause I'm sure there's probably other photographers out there that may be interested in getting trained and teaching and their hometown. So I'm planning a more formal launch this fall and bringing on more licensees. But right now I have my testers that trust me and are, are going for it along with me
0: <laughs> sure yeah so okay beryl tell me a little bit more like in i guess whatever you're willing to share but i'm curious like so is it a fee up front are you do you will you take a cut from every student are they getting like insider stuff from you on like how they should try to like fill their classes yeah just tell me more <laughs>
1: Great questions. And those are – it's so funny as you're asking those questions. I'm like, yeah, those are the questions that I've been overthinking for (laughs) like the last three months. And I said it earlier in the podcast, but I am definitely like I need to simplify. Less is more. And so for me, the idea of taking a class – cut or a fee from each student felt like too much of a logistical headache and nightmare for me just from an accounting perspective. So I chose not to go that route. They're paying a one-time upfront coaching fee for a three-month structured program they get weekly assignments from me and they there's group calls that are built in and so we talk about mind the mindset of the course, the methodology of the course and the marketing of the course. So those are the three okay. focuses for their training program. They also get materials from me, so like the PowerPoint slides that I use which they can edit and adapt if they would like to. I'm still putting together kind of what's in their package since it's a beta run. But those are just a few of the things that they are getting. And then they're licensed for a year. And then there's a relicensing fee every year for them to stay an official montography teacher.
0: Okay, gotcha. I think that is so neat. So, I mean, really, it's a business coaching program that helps other moms to – Start their own local businesses. I mean, yeah, really. <laughs> that, yeah, that's really neat.
1: <laughs> and it's it's fun. It's been a it's been a challenge for me in like trusting myself and my own programs and yeah. classes that I've developed. It's just interesting how the journey of a business owner is like never done. <laughs> there's always something else. It's like, oh, this is the scary thing that I'm going to tackle now.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. That's so true. There's never a moment when you're like, oh, yep, yeah, I've totally made it. Made so it. Let me just, you know, kick back. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, you know what? I think, though, that's part of like being a business owner, like having the personality, I guess, of a business owner is you, there's a desire for like growth and a bit of new things. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so so Beryl, I can't let you go (laughs) without a few photography tips. So I would love to hear from you. What's the biggest mistake that you see budding photographers make? Or, you know, if you – I feel like you're too positive for that question. So maybe if you'd rather phrase it like, what's the one thing a new photographer could do (laughs) to improve their photos? Uh,
1: So it's funny. This is kind of a non-technical tip, but it's one that I I see – It used to happen to me a lot, and I see it happen to a lot of my students, and it's overshooting. I find, you know, we're so invested as parents in, I have to get this moment. This moment can't slip away. And so we put the camera up to our eyeball, and we're behind the camera, and we're just shooting, 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 shooting. And then we come home, and then we struggle because we have, like, thousands of pictures on our hard drive (laughs) that we didn't delete. But I have found that I like to share that I am the director of my shoot and as a mom, I'm the director of our life too, right? Or like my husband and I are the directors of our life, but I'm the photographer, so I'm the director of our photos. And so if I can just pause and take a step back and have a conversation or really sink into the moment, like we can't capture every single moment, but you can start to watch and notice and then – Bring the camera up to your eyeball when you sense that the right moment is, like, right there for you to capture instead of trying to get everything all the time.
0: I love that. And the it, that totally fits with the less is more mentality uh, because, too, I feel like when you have thousands of photos, then you're just overwhelmed and you never do anything with them and you don't even enjoy them because they just sit on your hard drive. <laughs> I know at least that's me. Yep. <laughs> so. One of my core teachings is to
1: shoot with intention. So to kind of know the purpose of the photo you're going to take before you take it.
0: Love that. So, Beryl, as we wrap up, I love to ask this question to all the mompreneurs that I interview. Do you have either a funny or an adorable mom moment that you could share with us? Oh, gosh. I was not prepared for this question.
1: (laughs) Oh, my daughter is hysterical. But, like, of course, when you, like, need to pull a moment – Out of your... Yeah,
0: it's like... uh, Yeah. (laughs) No, I get it.
1: I'm going to share a photo moment. So one moment that like sticks out in my brain in the photo journey, which probably is not the most funny thing my daughter has ever done, but it's something I share at all my momtography classes. When it comes to taking pictures, a lot of times we have ideas in our head for like what a photo should look like because we see all the pictures on Pinterest and we're like, ooh, I want to take this Pinterest worthy picture. And I had bought my daughter these like super cute rain boots. And I was like, ooh, I want a picture of her in these rain boots. They're colorful. They're adorable. I have to like capture this. And I find that we have to, like, think about what our kids are going to want in a photography moment and not what we want. Because my daughter has no problem saying no to me, which I'm sure that's (laughs) familiar to every single parent. (laughs) And so we were sitting getting ready for preschool one morning and she was watching cartoons on TV while I was getting her her snack and everything prepped. And it had rained the night before and I looked out and I saw this, like, huge rain puddle in our – in our driveway. And I'm like, oh, this is it. This is the moment. I'm going to get the the rain boot shot. (laughs) And so I go up to my daughter and I'm like, let's go outside. Mommy wants to take pictures of you and your rain boots. And she kind of, she looks at me and like rolls her eyes at two or three. And it's like, no, I'm watching cartoons. Hello. (laughs) So I walked away. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I need to just let it go. I don't need like a tantrum over this photo That I want to take. Yeah. Um, But then I thought about it a few minutes later. And I'm like, what if I just go and tell her that she gets to jump in rain puddles? And then I just bring my camera with me. And so I went back to her like five minutes later. And I'm like, Brielle, we can go outside and you can jump in rain puddles. There's a huge rain puddle outside. And she jumped off that couch so fast and ran outside, put her boots on herself and just started jumping. And as she's running out the door, I'm like, mommy's going to bring her camera. She's like, okay. And... To this day, that picture is hanging on our family room wall in a frame. It's one of her favorite photos. It's one of my favorite photos. Aww. And it's just interesting that, like, the persistence paid off. Yeah. <laughs> and We have to think of the way into our child's brain when we're trying to get certain pictures. So yes. that's the first moment that popped into my head.
0: <laughs> I love it. It's like – Okay, to be honest, that's like a great mom tip and a great business tip. Like you have to get inside the mind of your customer. <laughs> like in that yeah, case, know. your daughter was like the customer and you're like, "Well, what's the what is the thing that I want my customer to do? I really would like to get this photo of her, but what does she want out of this?" <laughs> and then by phrasing, like by framing it in a way that is desirable to her, it's like, "Ta-da, there you go." <laughs> yep.
1: You can find me at com. Thanks.
0: Before you go, I have a real quick favor to ask of you. If you enjoy Brilliant Business Moms and you love tuning into the podcast each week, it would mean so much to me if you would share the podcast with a friend. And if they don't know what podcasts are, just grab their phone, show them where the podcast app is or how to find the podcast app in the app store, search for Brilliant Business Moms and just hit that subscribe button. I'm sure they'll be thanking you later. And of course, now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant.